Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The baseball game is over. It's time for the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Postgame Show, presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek with the franchise, Tim Allen, on 1250 AM, The Fan. It is a final from Wrigley Field, and the results are not good. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Gene Wagner Plumbing Postgame Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. And for the 17th season, Tim Allen punched in, ready to go here. There's Evan Heffelfinger, and the results are not good here today. Brewers get shut out in game two of the 22 championship season. Nine zip the final here, and a ton to unpack here after this one. And I don't know who it was. I, I believe it was Cole Hamels. Wasn't it him that said, well, the, the Brewers-Cubs, that's not a big rivalry. In a nine-zip game, quite the intrigue late in this game when we played a little, you hit our guy, we're going to hit your guy, and benches cleared in this one. No love lost in a Brewers-Cub rival game. And that's exactly what this was today. Welcome in, everybody, and and I sincerely mean that, and I uh, I'm glad to be here. I, I I apologize for not being here on opening day, and and know this, Evan, you know this as well. If I could have, I would have, and it was uh, one of those uh, game time decisions that just, you know, I wasn't gonna go. It it wasn't gonna happen. But uh, we're looking for better things, and so are the Brewers. I will say that, Evan, a uh, a pleasure working with you again this year, dude. It's so good to be back. I mean, I wish it was under better circumstances for today, but the baseball season's back. This team looks like it's going to be good. We should have a fun summer in store, and I can't. I'm just so excited to be back with you, Tim. Yeah, you hate losing to the Cubs any day of the season, whether it be early on, middle, or late. But, I mean, so so goes a uh, marathon season. And Craig Council said it the other day that, you know, this this really is – the start of the marathon, game two. And I've always said that, too, that, you know, the opening day thing is is all cool, and I, and you know, there's a lot to be said about that. That's it, it is a celebration and all that, baseball being back, especially after the last few years and this offseason of the lockout. But it really truly comes down to once you kind of dig your heels in a little bit, it's, it's game two. And... You know, many, many years ago, um, Sparky and I used to go to ball games quite a bit. And we've always, uh, we did at that time, we, we chose game two of the season to go to because it, it's just you know, all the hype and everything. Again, as I said, it's cool. But now we're off and running here. 
in the 2022 championship season. And this whole beanball thing, uh, is it good for our game? I want to get to that a little bit today at 414-799-1250. I know you are concerned about uh, you know the way the Brewers have been playing. There are some you know mild concerns here. You, you wish you could get off to a little bit better showing. Opening day wasn't a horrible showing outside of the final score. And they had, uh, what, 14 base runners in that game? You keep doing that sort of thing, and, and you're going to come up successful more times than not. That was a good thing. You know, Burns on opening day, five innings, the three runs allowed. You had some crucial moments with that bullpen, and that may be a concern for you as well is, is the bullpen in its entirety because you never did get to a box Williams and Hayter shutdown late in a ball game. That may be a concern. Uh, the concern might be Brandon Woodruff for you guys. I mean, three and two-thirds of seven earned run ball today. I don't know what was going on with Woody today. But both teams had to play in the cold, big guy. We we do have to point that out to you. I know you had some problems with your hands and maybe your fingers weren't feeling the – just wasn't throwing the off-speed stuff early. That might be a concern for you guys. The hitting as a whole – that might be a little concern for you, but again, it's it's two games in. I'm super excited about I, these two games. Has had literally no impact on me being positive about this season. It really hasn't. You didn't talk to me in about 23 more games. That's fine, and we will. We'll talk about that. But it it didn't damper my spirits for the season as a whole. So all of those things on the table, and then we get to uh, Keston Hira. You want to talk about a turning point in a baseball game? It did come down to the offense. Now I know, I know, Brandon Woodruff, your starter gives up seven runs through three and two-thirds uh, innings pitch. It's going to be tough to win most of those ball games, but crazy things happen in a Cub-Brewer game and have happened and will continue to happen. But Keston here, I'm going to play the highlight here for you. Fourth inning, Brewers get the table set. And they get the table set with a couple of base hits to lead off the frame. Adamas, Christian Yelich on base. Hunter Renfro then with a ground ball moves the runners over. Second and third for Keston. I'm not going to pin all this on Keston here. There is a point to, to me playing this here. But Keston here on a full count. In a game that is still attainable for the Milwaukee Brewers, let's check it out on Valley Sports Wisconsin. A full count, runners second and third, and just the one out. Your chance with a blow here, maybe a base hit, maybe a walk to just open the floodgates a little bit. As I said, crazy things happen, especially at Wrigley Field in a Cub Brewer matchup. And this is how it sounded on Valley Sports Wisconsin. 3-2, a swing and a miss at that fastball. Right down the middle. 92 miles an hour. Boy, very hittable. A mistake by Steele that he was able to get away with. Boy, check this out. This is what you lay in bed thinking about, a pitch like this. Right down the middle. Yeah, that on Bally Sports, Wisconsin. And Bill Schroeder uh, really analyzed that pretty good. I don't know. Again, last couple of years, I've talked to you guys on these phone lines right in front of me, 414-799-1250, and we've talked mainly about Christian Yelich. 
And I have said the same thing. 2031, dead red, fastball count. What else could you possibly be looking for? Dial in to a zone, your sweet spot, and go to ripping, as Euchre would say. That to me right there, I don't know what Keston was looking for. To me, as Bill Schroeder pointed out, the ones you lay in bed dreaming about, that's the one you want. <laughs> I mean, if you were to say, hey, man, can you throw me a, a fastball, a little middle in, let me get my barrel on it, I'm, I'm going to be looking. You don't throw that hard, 92-93, and I'm going uh, to go get some barrel on this one. That, to me, was a big, big turning point in this game. Then we get to Wilson Contreras and the antics surrounding that uh, catcher for the Chicago Cubs. He's a guy that you probably would love if he was in a Brewers uniform. I don't know if that's a fair statement or not. Some people, I, I would think. agree with that. Definitely yeah, one of those people guys. Would, yeah, would, would love him in a Brewers uniform. You know, his first at-bat today, Woody's about to go into the wind-up. No, I'm going to call timeout. And, again, that, that's the gamesmanship of this game of baseball these days. Some people say it's a D move. Some people say it's, it's just kind of Bush League doing that sort of antic. Again, if he did it for us, and I've called for it many times over the years, hey, man, step out on this guy. It's too much of a rhythm here. It might be a little different philosophy with uh, Wilson Contreras. But that sort of lit the fuse again a little bit with the Chicago Cub and Milwaukee Brewer rivalry. And then we see, you know, three guys get hit, including Contreras in this game. And what are the Cubs supposed to do would be my question to you. And is it good for our game? I mean... I, I think in a weird way, and I've said this before, in a weird way, I, I think in a, you saw what happened with the Mets uh, Nationals game yesterday. But in a weird way, I think it's sort of lighting the fuse for some excitement around the game. I'm not going to condone throwing at a guy ever. I told you that before in the past for many years. Not at any level. But there's also a, something on the other side that says you got to protect your guys also. If you can't keep it in the zone and away from the bodies or the kneecaps or the face, then you're going to have to figure something out here. So there are two sides to that argument. Is it good for the game of baseball? Well, they, they go ahead, they throw at McCutcheon, they miss him, and then they throw at McCutcheon again. And what's key to point out here is the intent, the clear intent of this pitch by Keegan Thompson of the Chicago Cubs. And clearly, Evan, we, we've broken it down. We've, we've had a few minutes to talk about it off the air. Clearly, it was a pitch call. And, and the reason I say that is because you have to watch the highlight. You, and, and again, I wish I could show you it, on, but we can't do that on radio. But watch, when you look at what Wilson Contreras does behind the plate, your natural evolution on a pitch, if you're a catcher, is to gravitate toward where the ball is going, right? You're going to lean. It's like a, a good defender at shortstop. When the pitch is even on its way, you can kind of tell you're leaning in a, a center fielder, same way. You can kind of see them leaning in a certain direction. You kind of know, uh, based on the physics, where the ball is going to head in a general direction. Well, Wilson Contreras it just never moved. <laughs> he didn't move. Evan, you, you pointed that out. 
Yeah, I, like I, if they were setting up inside, maybe you could see just moving the glove a little bit, but he was set up right down the middle, didn't flinch when the ball came in. It was like he knew that it was going right down the middle. And another thing that I just realized is why would they throw at Andrew McCutcheon, a guy who is in game number two for the Brewers? Why wouldn't they throw at somebody who's been here who knows about the hit-by-pitch that's or just like what's happened the past couple of years? Yeah. Why the new guy? Well, the numbers don't lie. And Wilson Contreras has been hit by Brewers pitchers. A lot. A lot. I mean, a lot. There's no question. But here's how it sounded on Valley Sports Wisconsin when things became unhinged. 1-1 one to, one to McCutcheon. One. Okay. Went behind him. All right. Cuts is all right with it. He gets it. He understands. See, that's the way you handle it. Don't let him bother you. Don't let him get in your head. Tried to get him, didn't do it. Able to get out of the way. You're going back in there. And they got him. Okay. Yep. There was some intent there. And Craig Council and the rest of the Brewers are starting to unload. And Craig Council pointing at Contreras. And here comes everybody. It's Jason Hayward sprinting in from center. Bullpen's empty. And a lot of chatter on that first baseline. Well, you know it was coming. At some point. It started last year. You missed him on the first one. He went right back in there. Yeah. Yeah, that on Valley Sports Wisconsin. Want to get your thoughts on this among uh, all the other, uh, well, sometimes convoluted topics here uh, on the postgame show today. 414-799-1250. When Council was pointing at the catcher, Contreras, it's clear there is no question in anybody's mind at the catalyst of all of this is Wilson Contreras. 100%. Nobody's going to deny that. The guy that lights the fuse in all of this, I don't know where it came from. I don't know how it's going to stop. But the cause is Contreras. Council knows it, and I know it. And I've been pointing this out for years. He's the guy that controls almost all of this. So again, is it good for the game of baseball? Is it good for this rivalry? Do you like seeing this? Do you like your kids seeing this? Baseball is not a babysitter. So if you don't want your kids to see some of this stuff, then you don't need to turn the TV on. But the cause is Contreras. When you got a guy hitting a double in a four-run game in the sixth inning at Miller Park, three years ago, and is pointing into the Brewers' dugout. There's something to that. I can't stand the dude. Just saying. I don't don't think that that's any big secret on the air. But that was a pitch call by Contreras. That's why Council got irate, because that was called – I don't know if you can find the the indicator, if you're going to go back and watch, 
There was some sort of indicator there. Because Wilson just ordered it. I'm convinced of it, and so is counsel. So we're going <laughs> to... Sorry about that. <laughs> well, smile, Milwaukee. The, wor- the world will smile back. Want to get your Time thoughts to wrap on the show that? Up. <laughs> yeah. 414-799-1250. First caller of the year, Nate, my good friend, in North Milwaukee. You are on the radio, Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show. What's going on, Nate? Thanks for uh, thanks for another year, dude. Yeah, what's up, Tim? I, I missed you the first day. I'm just glad you're feeling well. But um, I, I don't know if you were listening a lot um, to the show, the, uh, what, that Thursday. But I, I said it on Thursday, and I'm going to say it again today. Everybody's approach for the Brewers right now in the lineup is bad. Everybody, from top to bottom. Um you look at you look at the pitches that they're swinging at, and you look at the pitches that they're taking. It's like it's day and night. They they take all the they take all the pitches right down the middle, and um, swing at stuff out of the zone. I don't know if it's the I don't know if it's the Cubs pitchers that's just that's just uh, they're not seeing them well, or I don't know what it is. But somebody needs to, one of the two hitting coaches that they just hired. Used to sit down with these guys and show these guys their approaches are bad. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Um, you kind of had a feeling that pitching was going to be up and down um, through the first month of the season. So you you really should be focused on the offense having to win you games. And if they got to rely on that offense, if they got to rely on the pitching, then it's going to be a long first month if uh, if this doesn't come together. So, okay, real quick, Nate, I want you to summarize and predict what the Brewers are going to do this season. You just give it to me in like 20 seconds. Where are the Brewers going to be at the end of the year? They should be in the World Series at the end of the year. Um, At the end of the year, and they should should have the record for um, Brewers, uh, the season record for Brewers um, winning in a season. They should be in the World Series at the end, and they should have a – have the record for the Brewers as far as wins in the season. All right, very good. Nate, thanks a lot. We'll talk again throughout this, this spring and summer here. 799-1250. Let's uh, go to uh, Brett in uh, Tosa. Brett, what's on your mind today? Hey, Tim. Well, you know, we we got our butts kicked the first two games, and it, it's a long season. It, our pitchers have been rusty, and I, I'm not too worked up yet until this whole hit-by-pitch thing. And Contreras, I mean, you're, you're spot on. The guy, I, hit by pitches are part of the game, and every single time he gets hit, he acts like the world's ending, and it drives me crazy. I mean, since the start of 21, I, I did some math here as the, since we were down by 1,100 runs, but since the start of 2021, the Brewers have been hit 21 times by the Cubs, including today, including um, McCutcheon and Yelich. Okay, so that's the the, from the beginning? The the that's Cubs from the beginning. Okay, so that's from the beginning of the 21 season? Correct, yes. So it's 21-16. Brewer batters have been hit 21-16, to Cub? Yep, and if, if I'm wrong, feel someone can, can prove me wrong, but that's what I added up. I know Rock and Levering were, were mentioning like 50-something since the start of 2020. Um, I didn't go back that far, but both of these teams get hit all the time. And Wilson Contreras needs to take a step back and realize that you get hit in baseball – Stop your whining. Walk to first base. It's a free base runner. I mean, the Brewers aren't doing it on purpose. Uh, you know, 
the, the way to, to go at uh, Wilson Contreras uh, is inside. And, and so he's going to get hit. There's, there's no question. So I agree with you that he overplays it a little bit. Hold on, Brett. I want to get your uh, uh, prediction for the 22 championship season. I will say this also. The reason I'm a little tough on Wilson Contreras is because he has control over this on his side of the field, in his dugout. He can control the tempo and demeanor of, guys, just chill out here. It's a game of baseball. They're going to try and, they're gonna try and uh, you know, bore in on me on certain at-bats, and sometimes one's going to get away a little bit, and I'm going to get hit here. But to overplay it, I think, ignites things like this. And I'll tell you what, if he doesn't start downplaying this stuff instead of upplaying it, if you will, someone's going to get hurt. I mean, someone's going to get hurt. And we saw it last night in the uh, Nationals-Mets game. Uh, was it Lindor that, that got hit in the face? I don't know. Did, does he wear a C-flap or not? I think he does. He does. Yeah. But, uh, see, again, someone's going to get really hurt. And to control that as a good leader of a team, sometimes you have to pick your spots and say, hey, man, chill out a little bit. Instead... He's, he's like a little kid out of control. I know nobody wants to get hit. I understand that, and the, the numbers don't lie, too, uh, Brett, that Wilson does get hit more than any other Cub. But again, that's, that's going to happen when you try and pitch a guy inside. So, okay, so, Brett, that, that's a great stat. Let me, uh, let me get your thoughts on uh, capsulize it in about 20, 25 seconds, what you think the Brewers will do here. Uh, at the end of the run in the 22 championship season? Uh, 90-plus wins, win the division. Uh, we're back in the NLCS. I'm hoping for a rematch against the Dodgers. I think it will be. And if, if we get to that point, to me, successful season, and we'll see what happens. I, I want a rematch of 2018. I, I think we can take them down. Very good. Thanks a lot. We'll talk throughout the spring and summer for sure. Seven nine nine twelve fifty. And the reason I'm asking that, uh, Evan is because we're going to do, I mean, we're going to do every right, right around the first of each month. So we got five more and we're going to replay some of these as a little bit of a, uh, an update, kind of a doctor's appointment, if you will, to see what the health of this <laughs> baseball team is throughout the season. And, um, I think it'll be really interesting in another 22 games, 24-odd games here the rest of April. And then on May 1st, we go back and we listen to Brett and we listen to Nate and we listen to you make your own predictions to see if they're matching up, to see if they're tracking and projecting to what you thought they'd be. Because, and, and the reason I say this, I've had a lot of time to, to lay on my ass here in the last three and a half months being sick. Nobody goes back and remembers what was said. You know what I mean, Evan? We can all make proclamations and predictions, but if no one goes back to test it, then, hey, hindsight's twenty twenty. Well, yeah, think about last year. If you were to poll fans at the beginning of June after that, like, 17-game losing streak and then poll them again at the beginning of August, they would be saying completely different things. It's a, it's right. a different season at that point. And this may control the demeanor or your anxiety, if you will, to, to go ahead and say, hey, don't, don't freak out quite yet. Do you remember back on this date what you said? 
You said they'd win, like, for example, Nate said uh, break the franchise record and win total. That would be 97 or better. 97. So do we freak out? Does it go back to, uh, well, they're going to win 84 just because they lost these first two? I think you get the point. 414 799 That just means they have to go 97 and 63. It's possible. It's very possible. Uh, Todd, we'll get you in before the break here. Again, a lot to unpack. Woody's performance. It's the Wilson Contreras uh, antics again. And Brewers pitchers and Cub pitchers and an injection today and benches empty. The Keston Hira at bat really bothered me as much as a Keston Hira fan as I am. That does bother me. Todd, welcome in, buddy. Uh, howdy, boys! Boy, this is uh, this is like my Christmas Eve, uh, Christmas Day, uh, getting to talk uh, talk to you again, Timmy. Uh, I'm just thrilled to death, and I think I can speak for the rest of us uh, franchise fanatics. It's just it's fantastic to have you back on the air, and, and we get to complain and, and non-complain and, and go with it. Um, I I, uh, uh, I get a few comments to make. First off, I like to say it was it was wonderful on the first game for you to get your props from the uh, from the flagship and from you you know mentioning the championship season uh, way more than, than one time uh, that's great that uh, they acknowledge you and they and you, and you rubbed off on them um, two I, I, I boy I'll, I'll get to the Wilson thing in a second but I really like the new format is that if you would do that every month you know the regular guys you know because a lot of stuff gets it does get for you know forgotten, and it is you know kind of you know uh, day by day, and you get to say what you want to say, but it, it does or doesn't come to uh, to fruition. And there, I think I can get I can have a little positive spin on Wilson Contreras. He is, I think, he and uh, Ian Happ are really the only two guys left from the old guard who kind of brings that competitiveness and little brother big brother deal uh with them so without them all these new guys they really don't know that 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 the rivalry really is there and especially with the fans so is it is it bad yeah you know uh, you know they hit him in the butt a couple of times you know at least it wasn't you know like Lindor got hit in the mouth i mean that gets a little bit that gets out of hand Mm -hmm. but uh well what you know you know, I don't like Wilson. I hate anything about the Cubs. I, I despise them. But I think it you know, kind of keeps the, keeps the edge a little bit. Um, does he does he have to call? He could have said, you know, go up high for a sec, but he didn't. I'm not defending the man, but it kind of keeps that uh, keeps that little edge uh, edge for us and the hatred for the Cubs that we love to have. All right, Todd, I'm going to ask you the same thing. In about 20 seconds, capsulize what you think the Brewers will be this year. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit higher than the guys. I know I'm an internal optimist. I'm going to go 98 uh, wins, and I think they're going to lose the uh, the NLCS. That's my theory. Okay, very good. Todd, I'll, st- I'll speak with you all season long. I appreciate it, man, in Watertown there. 799-1250. And, you know, um, it is it is all right. I know a lot of – a lot of us listen to to this show over the years, and and you know they, you can call in when when things are good and and when you agree, and that's cool. But make no mistake about it, 
I don't get offended when you disagree. I don't. I'll promise you, hand in air. True confession. I'm not offended if you disagree. That's what I love about this show is the debate about it. It's what I love about the game of baseball. It's the debate about the game. One thing before the break. Hate to insert another topic in here, but we've got a whole mess of things to talk about. Craig Council's lineup today. Ponder this. I'm just I'm not gonna gripe too much about the lineup because that's you know, we say that Omar Narvaez, just for example, was an all-star last year. Was he an all-star because of how he played? Yes. Was he an all-star? Because he was put into situations to succeed. Okay? Get the difference? Craig Council, he's the one that writes the lineup card. I just wonder, in a private setting, guys like Colton Wong that got moved down in the lineup. Raise your hand if you thought Colton Wong was just cemented into the leadoff spot this year. Was not going to change. Lefty, righty, doesn't matter. He gets moved down to the six or seven spot. A guy like Omar Narvaez that after one game, because Justin Steele, the lefty, is on the mound, he doesn't get to play baseball today. It's Rowdy Telez, who does hit lefties pretty good for a left-handed hitter. He's got to give way to Keston Hira, who bounced from the minors to the majors for the last season and a half. I just want just ponder that. I just wonder, in a private setting with their buddies, if they don't like that. What would you think? I know what I would think. I want to play baseball. Crazy Craig's at it again. Who knows what kind of moniker they have for Crazy Craig Council? You know, who knows? It's just something to think about. I was thinking about this during, during the offseason as well because you knew uh, Craig Council was going to have a, a daily lineup that was different from the day before. And it's just all of these things. They're all coming to me. 17 years of talking uh, Tim, Brewers baseball with you. I want to give you props for making it 30 minutes into your first show before complaining about the lineups. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> okay, very good. It is the Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Evan Heffelfinger is along with us uh, again this season. My name is Tim. Thanks for listening. Still a lot to get to, and your predictions coming up as well. 414-799-1250. The Cub Brewer rivalry is alive and brewing. We'll be right back. 1250 AM, The Fan. It's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Postgame Show, presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. It's time for the Are You Kidding Me? moment of the game. On 1250 AM, The Fan, Gene Wagner Plumbing, celebrating over 50 years in business. For any residential, commercial, or industrial plumbing needs, go to GeneWagnerPlumbing.com. You know, normally I would say it's great to have baseball back, and that's true 100%. But to me, it's, it's even elevated a little bit. It's great to have Brewers baseball back. And it brings, you, it brings you back to every time opening day starts for the Brewers. I don't care if it's on the road or at home. It brings the memories back 
of when you were a kid, right? It does. It just does. Whether your guy was Robin Yount or whether your guy was Ryan Braun or Jeremy Burnett's or whoever it might be, Prince Fielder, now Christian Yelich, there is not a Hollywood studio with the biggest budget ever that can replicate what you see and hear in your mind. And that's what happens to me every single year. Boy Scout Timmy going to a ball game, getting on the back of a motorcycle with my father and traveling up from Kenosha to go to a base, a Brewers baseball game. You have the same, you have the same thing. I I guarantee it. You, you know it. That's what happens when you're helplessly, hopelessly head over heels in love with a baseball team. Now that doesn't mean they can't do any wrong. We all know that from this show, but just saying, it's great to have Brewers baseball back in and, sickness and in health. Yeah, till death yeah. do we part. It 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 is a bond. It 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 truly is a bond, and I think that's what makes Brewer fans special. And you know, biased as I am, I think more special than the bond with other fans and their team. Yeah, rather judgmental. I I get it, but it's true in in my world. Seven nine nine twelve fifty. What other small market team has two point seven to three million fans going through the turnstiles every year? No doubt, no doubt, and, and it is it, it, it's because of the fans why the payroll is where it's at. Because nobody, you wouldn't run a business um, any any different than what the Brewers do. You you just wouldn't as a businessman, woman, child, whatever. I uh, I I want to welcome you back in for the seventeenth season. After uh, all the health stuff, mm, had a lot of time to think about things. I will say that. But we're good to go. And now the grind starts, and it's such a fun one. 799-1250. You're listening to the Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Tim Allen, Evan Heffelfinger, and you guys want to get your predictions because we're recording today, as if you didn't know. We are recording. If you want to put your predictions in, we're going to do a little health check every month. Early on in the month, May 1st, we're targeting, and we're going to play you back. And we're going to, we're going to hold you to your words. So you want to get crazy and make a prediction? Shoot. Bring it on. Uh, now, the are you kidding me moment, and then we'll get back to more of your reaction here. The Wilson Contreras thing, Brandon Woodruff, ouch. Wow. The offense, what are you doing? Can we put up a crooked number here once in a while? Get some, get some uh, fire started here offensively? Keston Hira, the are you kidding me moment. I don't know what you're looking for, but I would have been looking for a dead red fastball that just chewed up the plate in your wheelhouse to barrel up. Didn't happen in the fourth inning with runners at second and third and just one out. 3-2, a swing and a miss at that fastball. Right down the middle. 92 miles an hour. Boy, very hittable. A mistake by Steele that he was able to get away with. Boy, check this out. This is what you lay in bed thinking about. A pitch like this. Right down the middle. Keston, and he's my guy, man. You, you, you got to get that one. That on Bally Sports, Wisconsin. Jeff Levering, Bill Schroeder. And now you guys, 414-799-1250. Uh, we will go to Ryan. Ryan, you're next. What's going on? Nice having you back on the line there, Kim. 
Yeah, I, uh, I'm thankful, yes. Say, you know, I, I always hate playing the Cubs right off the bat, and it seems that we do that every year. But uh, this game was just hard to watch. And, and I, you know, we our starting pitching has, and for me, watching even at spring training some of these last games, our, our starters, to me, have really, it seems like they just haven't had their, their good command as of yet, and obviously it's early. And, and uh, today was just a day you could see Woody right from the beginning on. And I think one of the big things for me, though, starting to watch that was I wish Omar would have been catching him today from a standpoint of just, just I think one time through the through the line, through the order of our pitchers, just let your 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 your, your mainstay be behind the plate. As much as I, I think Caratini could is a veteran and everything else, I call it Consul is saying I think. I would have liked to have seen Omar kind of run these starters through just because of little more of some comfort. And and it was evident even he had to even call him out to the mound at one time. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I just I just feel like, you know, they just need to define their rhythm and I think they obviously they will. I don't have no no question question with that, but early on I worry about Freddie tomorrow. I really do. I really struggle. I just just kinda of concerned about our starters, but as far as the lineup is concerned, yeah, I mean, I, I think you bring up a good point about, you know, do you play Keston over over Rowdy? Do you do a certain things like that? But I think got to trust Council. He knows his team better than we do, I guess. Yeah. All right. Real quick, in about twenty seconds, let's uh, let's get a prediction for the twenty twenty two championship season from Ryan. Well, ninety three and sixty nine, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that we aren't gonna have any pitchers. Any any Cy Young uh, winning anything like that? I don't see us getting any of those awards this year. I don't. I think it's we're just going to go ninety three sixty nine, win the division, get to the NLCS, and and I think too I, I like to see us have another chance at at the, at the NLCS against the Dodgers, and who knows what happens from there. But I like our pitching. I just don't know that we're going to have the years we had last year. All right, very good. Thanks for the call, and we will talk all summer long. I'm going to agree with you in, in this regard. It's going to be tough to uh, outdo those ERAs from last year. It just is. I mean, that's, that's, they're, they're, they're amazing. 2.4, 2.5, 2. 2.8 for your front three. 3.1, 3.2 for the next two guys. I mean, that's crazy. Those are crazy good. Does that mean they're going to win less games? Not necessarily. Because I do believe the offense is better. I just do. And I'm I'm committed to that. Seven nine nine twelve fifty. Dominic, you're next. What's going on, Dominic? Hey Jim, I gotta say you kind of fooled me today because usually the like, opening, right when you're saying let's results, where you can tell by the inflection of your voice if it was a win or a loss. And I thought, oh, it's gonna be a win, and it was a loss. And I'm gonna kind of go back to what you were saying, where we never look back at what people have been saying. Well, all I've heard is how all the Brewers are a horrible division. They're going to get 50 wins easy out of it, and now they're 0-2. So I, I got to say, like, I'm thinking like 85 and 77 and not real impressed. And I'm also kind of tired of the, when is Yelich going to be Yelich? Because I think Yelich is what he is. That was just a fluke time when he was really, really awesome. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I figured we'd make – yeah, I, I, I figured, Dominic, we would make it through the show today without getting into Yelich. He was on base yeah. three times today. I know it just those 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 two arguments. So that's all I ever hear about. When is Yelich going to not be Yelich? And oh, the Brewers are in the worst division. They're going to do great. Well, gotcha. 
They're zero and two, and they didn't score any runs today. So where's that offense? Yeah, no, I and I agree that uh, where is the offense, especially today? Now, opening day was a little bit different. A lot of base runners True. just. That was just more of a baseball circumstance sort of day, but we're going to keep a close eye on the offense. That's that's for sure, Dominic. Thank, hey, thanks for the call. I appreciate you holding on for as long as you did. Uh, 799-1250. Um, the Wilson Contreras thing, you know, my, my phone's blowing up too and saying, hey, great rant on Contreras. Great, <laughs> great classic rant on Contreras. I mean everything. And, uh, you know, really my, my thoughts are conveyed through, through this microphone. And I'm, I believe it. I do. Now, am I a little more positive on, on certain things? Of course. But that, I, I believe everything I said about that. He controls a lot of this from the Cubs' perspective side. He could just wave his wand here and say, hey, call the dogs off. You guys settle down, settle down, hold on, hold on, hold on. Not now, not now. Instead, he not only does that, he inflames it. I'm just saying. that Maybe I should have done the rant like that, a little more uh, in control. Peter, you're next at 414-799-1250. What's up? Hey, hey Timmy, how are you? Glad to glad uh, you're back. I, well, decent enough to be on the air, yes, for sure. Well, you sound you sound just wonderful. You sound Thanks. Just wonderful. See, I know I know it's early in the season. I know it's only two games, but I um, I'm, I'm not as optimistic. I guess I, I guess I see some trends uh, here that I don't like, and some troubling things going on here. Um, I do I do play baseball in, in a senior league, so I kind of know a little about the game, but uh, particularly with the hitting aspect of it. Uh, I think the approaches, like the other caller had, I think their approaches are are, are not there yet. I and mean, maybe it's because of the shortened spring training. But uh, I, I think right now they're just not attacking the ball. They're going with the pitch like they should. They're looking for. They're, they're just not ready when they're going up there to hit. Uh, they're just not a ready hitter. Um, there's this Mark Rousseau. I just made some notes here. Mark Rousseau. Uh, I, I, I don't understand. He, he's not a very good hitter, and I think everybody knows that. But I. His, his approach at the plate is horrible. Um, sorry. But um, I, I happen to – I know that for this season to be successful, it really hinges on – and I hate to say it, but it hinges on Yelich Wood, Woodruff. Woodruff has not been the same pitcher uh, he has been in the past. I'm sorry, but he has not been uh, as dominating as he has been. And I realize that they're not going to eclipse last year's ERA uh, and all that stuff, but he's got to get better. He's got to get better. And Hira, uh, I guess right now, uh, taking a pitch down the middle, that's just, me, that's just not being ready at the plate. That, that's all that is. Um, and um, in terms of my prediction, um, oh, also one thing, I think council needs to stop overmanaging. Uh, like you said, why wasn't Wong uh, in the leadoff position today? I, just, I, I guess right now in the second game, why wasn't Wong? That kind of stuff gets into a bat in a player's head. It, it really does. Um, and then in terms of my prediction, um, I'm predicting 86 wins. Wow. Okay. Can I ask you this? What position do you play and where do you play in that senior league? Outfield uh, and infield. Uh, I played on at the Rock. Okay, very good. Peter, keep us updated on how you're doing. I want to know your batting average this year. All right, we'll do. All right, very good. I've been been playing for a a lot of years, so 
Okay. I, so I still play uh, over t- 20, 20 years. I've been playing in the senior leagues. So that's so I travel cool. Around, I travel around the country and play, too, as well in tournaments. Oh, that's that's super cool, man! This baseball is always the little kid in us and, in baseball. And I'm and I'm 68 years old. So that's beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> All right, Peter. Thanks a lot. Keep us updated. See ya. Seven nine nine twelve fifty. If he's ever so, hitting below two fifty, he's not allowed to call in. <laughs> that's right. If we're gonna adopt a senior league player, pick to click. I mean, come on, Peter. You got to step it up for the post game show. Uh, we'll monitor that as well. Seven nine nine twelve fifty. Woodruff, uh, just so you know, is is allowed a he's allowed a bad outing. So is Corbin Burns. They're allowed some iffy outings, and they're going to have some more this season. The whole lineup thing, yeah, you're right, Evan. That it took me what 31 minutes to to crank on uh, Council for his lineup. <laughs> kind of like Rami with his you people. You, we got to start a counter for that. I think so. But, I mean, there's something to be said about if it's not broken, don't fix it also. And Colton Wong, I just, it didn't surprise me when I saw the lineup this morning. That's I'm like, wow, Wong's going to get the day off already? against the, And then he, there he was. What was he batting, sixth? Seventh, I think. Se- I think you're right, seventh. But that that, to me, and then... You know, if you want to screw around with dialing everyone back, but you know the golden child, your boy Christian Yelich, he doesn't get moved. Last checked, it was a lefty against I, a lefty. I don't understand that. I mean, opening day, Cody Bellinger was hitting eighth for the Dodgers. At what point do we move Yelich down? We asked that well, all last year. And it's it's not uncommon for other teams to do this. It's not exclusive to Craig Council that he he jazzes up the lineup. Daniel Vogelback batted leadoff today for the Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> that's cool. I mean, that's there's something circus-like about that for some reason. I don't know why. It just is. Those days of the little fast guy batting leadoff. I think those days are done. It doesn't. It, it's not just a, a given. Those days of the short guy playing point guard in the NBA. Those days are done. Those days of the big tall guy. He's only the center and he's not going to shoot from outside. Those days are all done. It just, it just you never know in baseball these days. You want to get one more in before the break? We do have Craig Council coming up as well, Evan. Yeah, let's go to Rick in Brookfield. Rick, what's happening? Nine zip. By the way, the Brewers lose today. Yeah, not a very fun game to watch, that's for sure. Um, and it was painfully slow, too, and that's the thing. I mean, if you're going get to your, get your brains beat in, can we just uh, minimize the length of the game? I mean, this was, this was, uh, this was tough. Yeah, they looked, uh, they looked a little bored out there with that horrible weather, just trying to go through the motions. It almost looked like the Brewers' offense. Yeah, and um, especially late, mid to late game, it was almost like, you know, I know you want the game to get over a little bit. Everyone was jumping early in the count, so there were quick innings offensively for the crew as well. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to kind of echo off uh, what a couple of the other people said about the uh, Brewers starting pitching. Um, I follow spring training, and I know a lot of people say, oh, spring training, it's uh, it's useless and it doesn't mean anything. But 
I looked at the Brewers' five starters, uh, Woodruff, Burns, Peralta, Hauser, Lauer, and uh, 51 innings and 43 runs in uh, spring training. Now, I know I know they're working on stuff and uh, kind of getting the kinks out, but, I mean, you almost have to be trying to give up runs to, to pitch that bad. And so, I mean, I, I may be a little bit on the negative side, but I'm, I'm worried about this starting pitching. Um, I'm worried about the fact that, Every one of their pitchers has only been in the majors three years or less, and, and guys like Peralta, Lauer, Hauser, these guys didn't really have any sort of real sustained success until last year, and it's kind of like they all broke out at the same time, and, and, and I just feel like I don't know if you can count on those guys, and I think you were mentioning this earlier in the show. I don't know if you can count on those guys to kind of just do that again. Um, so... As far as I'm concerned, I think their hitting is actually going to be better. I think Yelich and Hira, you know, a little regression of the mean in the, the positive way, I think they're going to be a little better. But the starting pitching to me, you know, all, all preseason I heard about, oh, it's the best staff in baseball. And, and, and they didn't look like that in spring training. And, and they don't have the track record. It's not like we're throwing Scherzer and Kershaw out there. These are these are young guys. And so there may be a little bit of a step back. So, um Maybe I'm a little more pessimistic, but I see this team around 85 or so wins and competing for the division title, but um, maybe they sneak in as a wild card this year. But uh, I think uh, basically starting pitching, not as good, but I think the hitting should be better. And um, I don't know. Uh, It's too early, and I'm not basing this off two games against the Cubs, even though I hate losing to the Cubs. Um, But I just, just something I felt. All uh, all spring here, watching the spring training. Yeah, and and you have reason to be concerned. Great call, I appreciate it. And and we'll, you're going to hear your voice, even if you don't call on the first of May, first of June. You're going to hear your voice again because it, there was a couple of points in there. Thanks for the call. You mentioned the offense. Is it enough to offset a step back by the starting rotation? That's the key to me. And I can tell you, there won't be a 2.4, 2.5, and 2.8 ERAs followed up by a 3.1 and a 3.2. I hate saying it, but I have to be real. They're not going to replicate that. They're just not. Guys, they're not. Does that mean they're going to be awful? That's not what I'm saying. Think of those numbers. Those of you that you know follow baseball, and I would assume, I don't want to belittle you, but earned run average is the barometer for the pitchers. You can go fielding independent pitching. You can go a lot of different metrics, but the earned run average, those numbers are like unheard of because you could say that, wow, okay, look at this pitching staff. Burns had a 3.1. Peralta, look at him. He checked in at, that's pretty good, 3.4. Woodruff had had a 3.2. Hauser had a 3.8. And Lauer checks in just under four flat. All of them stayed healthy with 25 or more starts. You would say that that's really good. But to go beneath that at 2.4, 2.5, 2.8, 3.1, 3.2, it's not going to happen again. 
I don't say that because I want it to happen. I say that because it's going to happen. Okay, all that being said, and I think you understand, is the offense and the bullpen enough to balance that back and get your wins on your side? How many two-zip losses did the Brewers have last year? Those are the games that the offense is going to have to pick up to alleviate some of the rise in the earned run average. Just saying, it's 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 pretty simple to me. Evan, does that all make sense? Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I think that's a great point. We can't expect the numbers that they had last year. Think about how many performances there were of seven innings, no runs allowed by the mm-hmm. starting pitchers. It was unheard of. It was literally a record. We can't expect that again. No, no, and and and, and I don't expect it. Are there going to be some great runs? Are there going to be uh, some pitchers that are going to the All-Star game in L.A. this year for the Brewers on this staff currently? I believe that. They're going to be really good because they are really good. Are they that good? Mm. You know, everyone has their career year, and I'm not saying that uh, they're done with that yet, but they're, they're just going to be tough to, uh, uh, tough to, to you know, really repeat for this length of time. And also... Our last caller, I forget his name. Who was that? That was, um, let me see, that was Rick. I'm, I'm sorry, Rick. Uh, Rick's Rick's point of, uh, you know, the offense uh, equating to picking things up, hey, That that's just going to have to happen. You want to know my concern? My biggest concern about this Brewers team this year? I think there's more changes to be made. Oh, there will be changes. There'll be a lot of flights back and forth. I'll I'll give you my concern up next. We're going to hear from Craig Council up next. You want to make your prediction on the season. Since I missed opening day, we got to do this uh, here game two, so you got a little something to go on. You can make your predictions, and then we'll do our our check-in with your own words uh, every first of the month. And I I think that'll be quite fascinating because a lot of times both hosts and callers, big fans, it's forgotten what they said at the beginning, so you're not held accountable, or you're not given credit for being right and being all over it. 414-799-1250. 9-zip, Brewers fall in Game 2 of the 22 championship season. You're listening to the Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek right here on The Fan. It's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Postgame Show, presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Let's get the scoop from the skipper on today's game on 1250 AM, The Fan. by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek, taking your predictions if you want to jump in. And we'll do this uh, for the early portions of this season on the show, Evan. So we're rolling uh, record on uh, most, all of, well, all of these predictions here. And then we'll roll them back as uh, part of our, uh, our Brewers Health Check. Brought to you by Aurora Health. I don't know. But yeah, um, we'll do that at the beginning of each month and, and go back and just see who's on it and who's not on it. I mean, because that's the, oftentimes the thing. We say things, including us as hosts, that we say things that we're never called on the carpet for. Maybe one or two of you will remember what we said. But other than that, it just goes away. Like, 
Uh, I, th- I think Jeff Janis is a great receiver. Man, he's going to be the next special receiver in Green Bay. And then when he was cut, and then he moves on to Nothingville, uh, no one goes back and hears you say that he was going to be a great receiver. It's just, just things like that. You get the concept here. It's really good to be back talking Brewers baseball with you. I know the Bucks are on a uh, maybe another uh, magical run here, and hopefully they will be. And we'll be uh, keeping in close contact and tune with uh, the Bucks as well, Evan, because we're going to have to dodge some of these, you know, Bucks games. And a lot, a lot of times, hopefully, often, we'll be talking about both Brewers and Bucks on the same show. That sounds like a lot of fun down the stretch. Well, for yeah, the Bucks, you, right. You might be our Brewers and Bucks post game show guy. Could you imagine doing a joint post game show? Yeah, I did as last long as it year. means a championship, I love it. <laughs> I remember the NBA Finals last year. We Those were, were some fun doing. shows. That was really cool. All right, Craig Council. A lot of you, you realize he needs 37 victories to be the all-time wins leader as manager of the Milwaukee Brewers in their history? It doesn't seem like it, does it? Because it's only been, what, eight years? Yeah, it's been Something well, like that? Nine? No, 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 no. Not even close. Um, he was hired in May of 15. So if you account for 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and 21, there's six years. He's not even to seven full seasons as manager. It's six plus, almost seven. When you account for that, that's, that's pretty damn good. And the, and the fact that he's, he's uh, you know, hit the postseason window in four consecutive season, that's pretty damn good. It is. Now, that being said, I'm not going to agree with everything he does. You guys know that. And that's, uh, you know, I'm not going to be, uh, I almost swore, I'm not going to be a jerk about it. I'm just going to point out when I disagree. He knows that. We know that. I know that. That, that I mean, I'm just, that's, I'm just not going to agree with moving Colton Wong down to the seven spot today. I'm not agreeing with that. When I don't we care lefty lefty, I'm, I wonder what Craig Council would do with Freddie Freeman. <laughs> you know? Well, it's okay. When we talk to Craig on his ride home every home game, some days it's going to be positive, some days it's going to be negative. Sometimes it is, but there's I think there's a way to convey that that uh, he understands and he gets it. We're, we're fickle fans. Sometimes, we, well, a lot of times we overreact a little bit. And that's, uh, that's just what, what we do. But that doesn't mean that he always is going to make the right decision. That doesn't mean we're always wrong. And we all need to remember that. You know, McCutcheon to move him to the second spot, Adamas to the third, Kristen Yelich at four, and then move down from there today. Why not Wong at the top? I mean, I, again, I'm just, just to reiterate, I wonder what Colton Wong tells his buddies. I know on the record he's going to say, hey, man, I'll do whatever the boss man wants me to do. But just to his buddies, I know what I'd say to my buddies if I were Colton Wong in a private setting, nobody recording. I would say, man, I got a bat seven. Did he see what I did last year? At any given moment, I can go opposite field for a double. Any given moment, I'm going to be able to get on base against a lefty. Yeah, that sucks. But yeah, you know what? I'll do what's right for the team. See, there's two ways to look at it: on the record, off the record. Just saying. Point is, we don't have to agree with everything Craig Council says and does, 
But let's hear from Craig Council. Brewers get their brains beat in today. I hate that, that they lose to the Chicago Cubs. But the, the good thing is baseball is back. More importantly, Brewers baseball is back, and we're talking about it after each and every game here on the post game show, uh, courtesy of Bally Sports Wisconsin. Let's listen in to Craig Council after this loss. Um, I mean, I think, you know, I, I think the first two hitters, he was he was out of rhythm, kind of with everything, um, and then I don't, I don't I don't think he had his breaking ball necessarily, so it it, it led uh, it led to some long at bats essentially. Um, and I think they did. They did kind of. They did a good job picking up on it. And when he did throw a breaking ball, it was. They, you could you could just kind of sense that they saw it was out of the zone, kind of a ball out of hand type breaking balls. Um, so they, you know, they made him throw a lot of pitches at him because of that. Um, and um, you know, he, he obviously issued some free passes with some long at bats too. Is that? No, I mean he threw it. I mean he threw it up in the zone. I thought, well, that's what he does. I mean, um, it's a, it's a tough pitch up in the zone. It's a good pitch up in the zone. He got it up there a lot enough. Um, I mean, and then slowed us down with the slider. But his, his fastball up in the zone is a good pitch. Craig, I'm Woody again. That, that starts to get danger zone, right? When you get up around forty, was he sort of at? Yeah, we were. I mean, yeah, we. I mean, we had made a pitcher ready to go. Yeah. Is that him in his last battery? Um, we had a tough decision if Wisdom got on. And how about he rebounded then? Yeah. That second inning. Um, yeah, he had a quick second inning. Um, and I, I thought his thought he got his changeup going uh, to some of the lefties, and he he did throw a couple good breaking balls. Um, but just not it. He just wasn't as crisp as we've we've seen. Did it seem like early on you just had a tough time kind of establishing the fastball first strike? I, I think the first two, you know, the, obviously the first hitter. Uh, I think his two seamer was he left his two seamer out away um, a bunch. Um, but I, I thought his fastball got going pretty good. You just get you get boxed in as a pitcher if you don't have if your breaking ball is not working. Total yeah. Day, you know, like, yeah. I mean, on a day like today, it, I mean, you know, on a day like today when it's it, it's it's tough to hit a homer, like you know, you walk people and you're you're asking for trouble. Um, and and you know, the, the game result showed that. This hit by pitch stuff is becoming pretty regularly regular between these two teams. What's it going to take to like break that cycle? Um. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I mean, I don't. I don't think it's. You know, I, I don't think there was any intent on anybody's hit by pitches today, except for one. Or, the, or there wasn't. I think. I think both sides will tell you that. The bench is only clear when there's. The bench is clear when there's somebody intentionally thrown at, and that's what happened today. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, we play them a lot. Yeah, we play these teams in your division a lot. Wow, there he is, Craig Council, and uh, well stated. I mean, that that was a good way to sum it up there on the uh, intent 
comment because that's what it was. Now, I, I, again, I don't, I'm not in the brain. We're not in the brain of the, the hit batsman uh, situations before the intentional one from Keegan Thompson. We don't know. And I don't know if Craig knows truly if there was intent on Woody, if there was intent on, on other guys, Urania, whoever. But I think we have a pretty accurate guess. But let's start with what we do know. We, we all know one thing, that McCutcheon was hit intentionally. That much we do know. So if we start there and then move backwards, maybe things uh, make a little more sense. If we start at the beginning and, and end at McCutcheon, that's a little more convoluted and confusing. McCutcheon was drilled on purpose. Everybody knows it. And that that part of it, I think that's what got to counsel. And, you know, again, as a kid, I remember seeing Bob Coluccio, uh, good old number 26, get hit in the head. And then all hell broke loose. I want to say it was 74 or 75. Um, George Scott, Robin Yount involved. You know, uh, uh, George Scott, boomer. He was, he was a big proponent out there leading the charge. I remember seeing a, uh, just melees between the White Sox and the Brewers playing the beanball war back and forth. I mean, it's just, it, it just, it's going to happen occasionally in baseball. And, and it does prove a couple of things. Number one, that these guys truly do care. They protect themselves. They stick up for their brethren. They, they just do. You saw Yelich and, and Lorenzo Cain leading the charge out there. You saw Craig Council out of the dugout like he was back to being a player again, pointing fingers. This is just part of our game. For those that don't think it's great for the game, I get you. I got you. But in a weird way, and I, I preface it by saying in a weird way, it's almost an entertaining aspect of the game for some people. Some people do like this stuff. And I'm not saying I like it. It's, it's an unnecessary evil of the game, though. It is. But I wouldn't ever condone, my son can attest to this at any level, do you intentionally throw at someone because you could damage them for life? It's just the way it is. Now, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go uh, belt buckle down, maybe it's a different story. If you're gonna buzz the tower, if you're gonna throw behind, but to intentionally throw for the sake of drilling someone, fastball heavy, uh-uh. I, I can't, I can't say that that's the way to go. And some people say, yeah, you know, depending on what happened, celebratory issues with. Uh, home runs is part of it. The hot dogging. Remember that? That was 15 years ago. Don't you dare hot dog a home run on me. You're not pimping a home run on me because I'm going to drill either the next guy or you the next time you come up. Always thought that that was unfair. 
because it's more that the hitter is celebrating what he did, not the failure that you did. There's a big difference. It's a big difference in, in baseball. And this, this uh, and I can give, cite the example of when I started talking about this. It was 2007. I was doing the show from Summerfest. July of 2007, Ramos Ramirez of the Chicago Cubs uh, hits a huge home run against the Brewers. And he is just hot-dogging it in a celebration down the first baseline. You guys, the fans, you might remember this, went crazy calling the show, griping up a storm, and I defended it. Even though I hated doing it, I did defend Aramis Ramirez because he was celebrating what he did, not what our pitcher failed to do. And that's a huge difference. That's, that's part of it we need to understand on the hot dog in part, the, the quote, showing up the pitcher part of it. I don't think that that's an issue anymore. Now, the protecting your own player, that's what occurred today. That was the Cubs' thought on this today was, hey, man, you just hit a bunch of our guys. Someone's getting drilled. Wilson called the shot, and he, he picked when that, that, when that was going to occur, and he chose Andrew McCutcheon at that time. Council didn't like it. It was well stated. It was the intent that basically couldn't be proven on the other ones, but this one was pretty clear to see. All right, 799-1250, if you want to jump in here, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Brewers, unfortunately, they fall in game two of this three-game set. Nine-zip the final. Where or where is the offense? Again, they put up four runs on opening day, ten hits, handful of walks, but still not the big inning. Three, four runs in one inning. I expect that to change. Hopefully it's tomorrow. We'll be right back. Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street, No Creek, here on The Fan. It's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Post Game Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Let's find out who had the drive of the game during today's game on 1250 AM The Fan. You know, I can't wait until tomorrow's game. I mean, that's, that's the kind of mode I'm in here for the Brewers' 2022 championship season. Welcome back, Tim Allen, Evan Heffelfinger. Final few minutes, and I uh, want to take you back to that eighth inning in which uh, Andrew McCutcheon was drilled intentionally, I might add. Um, and what was interesting is we'll play the uh, highlight from Bally Sports Wisconsin here. And the reason uh, we racked it up this way is because I think I don't know if Keegan Thompson was was not privy to some of the ways of the world in baseball, but you you, you hit the guy with with the off speed stuff, and that way you can claim that you hey one got away. It was it was an off speed. It was a breaking ball. That things get away, and he actually did it the opposite way. And what's funny is we racked it up that way. Andrew McCutcheon mentions it. And we're going to hear from Andrew McCutcheon in just a, a couple minutes here. So stick around for that. But here's how it sounded on Valley Sports Wisconsin. 1-1 one, one to McCutcheon. One. Okay. Went behind him. All right. Cuts is all right with it. He gets it. He understands. 
See, that's the way you handle it. Don't let it bother you. Don't let them get in your head. Tried to get him, didn't do it. Able to get out of the way. They're going back in there. And they got him. Okay. Yep. There was some intent there. And Craig Council and the rest of the Brewers are starting to unload. And Craig Council pointing at Contreras. And here comes everybody. It's Jason Hayward sprinting in from center. Bullpen's empty. And a lot of chatter on that first baseline. Well, you know it was coming at some point. It started last year. You missed him on the first one. You went right back in there. Yeah. Yeah, and they they did missed on the on the breaking ball trying to hit him, and then thought, well, my aim's a little off on the breaking ball. I'll, I'll just go ahead and drill a fastball into his torso. Andrew McCutcheon, just I don't know. It, it, I'm surprised there weren't punches thrown because that was about as intentional as you can get. Uh, I will say this: that it, it it started not just last year; it started quite a few years ago. And this has been just this growing rivalry that's gaining steam seemingly by the season. It it really is quite fascinating to me. I've always hated that team. I don't mind the fans. I grew up with a a ton of Cubs fans. Friends and family members that are Cub fans. So I don't don't mind the fans. They're, They're just rooting for their team. But the team itself... Oh, I wish them nothing but the lack of success every single time I watch. It could be a, a Sunday game in which the Brewers uh, played uh, earlier in the day and then the Cubs are playing a little bit of a late game. Yeah, I just sit around and, and keep an eye on the Cubs. I root for them to lose against the Reds, whoever they're playing. Anyway, Andrew McCutcheon spoke after the game. And again, as I set this up, he, um, like we set up, Evan, like we set up the the highlight there, there was a reason we set it up that way because it seemed funny to me. It seemed fishy to you that that it was breaking ball then fastball. It should have been fastball move out and then whoops one got away. That's the way it should have been done. This no, it was done backwards. <laughs> it was on a one one count. Yeah, it's just none of it made sense, and that's why it was clearly intent. Craig Council said the same thing. Out of all the hit batsmen today, there was only one that was intentional. Here's Andrew McCutcheon. It's the first pitch, right? Um, There's a cutter for a strike off the way. Um, And then they proceed to, you know, have three more chances. Um, I don't know if it was because I'm a little older and I was raised in a different era. But, uh, you know, back when, you know, you guys knew it was coming, you got it right away. You didn't wait around. There was no lollygagging. It was, it was, it was. You know, you're gonna get hit, and you're gonna get hit. And you had a couple tries to do it. If you missed, oh well, get the next one. But I think the biggest takeaway for me is, I mean, you know, you're throwing a slider away on the first pitch for a strike, and you know, what are you trying to do? You know, you're trying to make me guess like, oh, you're gonna pitch to me now, and then you're gonna try and hit me and get three chances. That's a little much, man. I've been hurt before with that. Uh, 2014, uh, we we broke. Goldschmidt's hand broke, broke his wrist. I went in the next game. I knew I was going to get hit, and I had two sliders 
throwing to me the first two pitches, and I got 95 up and in in the, in the ribs, and I ended up breaking my ribs. So I do take that a little personal when, you know, you're throwing off-speed pitches, you know, for the first pitch, and then and then you're trying to hit somebody, you know, to hurt them. That's exactly what you're trying to do. You're trying to hit, you're not just trying to hit them, you're trying to hurt them. So um, I think there's some guys old enough over there who hopefully understand that and um, and and know that there's a there's a there's a different way to do it. Is that what the conversation was as you were? Yeah, that's exactly what the conversation yeah. was. And you know, I commend the umpires for letting me have that time to let them know that's how I felt about it. You would have hit me right away. I went right to first base. When I thought much of it, I just went right to first. Knew it was coming. Cool. Wiped my hands clean. But uh, you know, so I had to let them know, like, come on, man, there's a better way to do it. You know, a lot of young guys over there, maybe they don't know how to do it, but. If you don't know, maybe you should ask. So, um, you know, that's kind of the way I, that's the way I view it. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but, um, you know, or if I'm too old, tell me I'm too old. But, you know, that's kind of the way I look at it. Wow, that is, uh, that's pretty, pretty amazing. That was everything I could have imagined it would be. Uh, yeah, if, if you don't know how, then, then you need to ask, you know. Um, there, there's just a certain and again, a, a lot of the younger generation, they, they just think that that's sort of the old school. And maybe Andrew McCutcheon, you just heard him. You know, you call me, if, if I'm old, call me old. That's fine. Me too. There's just a certain way that that's to be done. You're screwing around, throwing some off speed, and then you drill someone fast. Well, just get it out of the way. You're going to do it, do it. And that just didn't happen today. Wow. So we get a little, a little firework action here. In game two of the 2022 championship season, I, I I don't know if I don't know if we've seen some sort of fireworks like this, uh, lightning rod sort of stuff in a nine to nothing game. <laughs> have, have, do you recall any any blowouts like this having this sort of uh, issue going on, Evan? No, we would have ended the show like 45 minutes ago if that was the case. <laughs> yeah, no, I just uh, yeah I. Again, there's so many differing philosophies uh, on this, and nobody's writing the rule book. I heard Bob Euchre in one of the Cactus League broadcasts talk about you know, the differences in today's game versus older uh, school games. And he didn't mention the hit-by-pitches in that conversation. It was actually quite fascinating. Speaking of which, we can't go our first show, or at least my first show here this season, without mentioning Bob Euchre. He did muscle up to do uh, the uh, opener of the 22 championship season, and he sounded good, guys. He did, 88 years old. I'm going to say it. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. We don't know any other way to consume Brewers radio broadcast than Bob Euchre. That's all we know. And I'm, I miss him, and he's not even gone yet. It's almost like I'm preparing myself for the post-Bob Euchre era. It was just music to my ears. And I don't think I'm alone on this. Music to my ears to hear Bob Euchre again doing Brewers broadcast. Limited as they are, but he did do the, the opener. He's going to do all the home games. There's been a little bit of a shakeup uh, in that regard because Levering's headed over to uh, do a lot of TV games. 
Uh, Josh Maurer, the new guy on the radio side, along with Lane Grindle. Lane Grindle is uh, starting to become a really good broadcaster. He is. I think he's been there about six years. Levering an outstanding broadcaster. Again, going to be filling in for Brian Anderson when B.A. is off. B.A. is only going to be on your TV about 50, 60 games this year. Levering the other 100, 110, they're saying. So we've got some... Uh, pretty pro broadcasters uh, doing Brewers baseball again this season. That's a that's a testament to whoever's hiring these guys and whoever's making those. I would assume Tyler Barnes uh, over at the Brewers, but uh, it's pretty good stuff. Uh, I don't know if you happen to catch the new guy, Josh Maurer. Uh, what, Evan, if you did, what do you think? He did some Cactus League games and he did today's game as first uh, in the Brewers booth. I heard like a couple of snippets of him, like maybe two minutes at a time, but I thought he sounded pretty good. I think, I mean, like you said, we're blessed to have some incredible people and we can, we're kind of a stepping stone for a lot of people. So I'm curious to see how it's all going to work out with, I mean, what, like the 15 broadcasters we have right now? Yeah, no, no question about it. You know what the, the cool thing is? We're going to do this again. We're going to do it again tomorrow. The weather looks good, so no problems there. They're going to head to Baltimore. By the way, a Monday day game. And then a couple of night games. But the weather looks good in Baltimore. But uh, first things first, let's get a victory over the Chicago Cubs. That's going to happen tomorrow. One twenty first pitch after the last pitch. You make the switch right here. Oh, boy. For the 17th season, Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. This uh, is a – you talk about blessing, Evan – It's a blessing I can get back on the radio for the 17th season, number one. Number two, it's a blessing I can get on for the 2022 championship season, given what I've gone through all winter. That's a blessing, and it uh, it is cool working with you, Evan, again. I'm glad glad you're with me. For the most part, a Bob Euchre schedule for you throughout the season, right? Yeah, fair enough. I'll be here probably four games a week, I'd say. All right. Good enough. I'll see you guys uh, tomorrow after the last pitch as you make the switch. And here we go. For the 17th year, I sign off by saying, smile, Milwaukee. The world will smile back. See you. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.